You're listening to Talking Law, the podcast where business owners just like you discover how to avoid legal landmines and build value using smart legal tips. Join your host, Joanna Oki, as she cuts through the legal jargon and gives you clear and simple actionable legal strategies, which will get you optimal business results. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here. Welcome back to Talking Law. Well, it's January. Welcome back to the new year. The time is now right to make yourself a list of the legal loose ends you should be aiming to tie up so that you can get the business in order for the year to come with a clean slate and a fresh start. So that's what today's episode is all about. Today, we'll run through seven areas of focus in getting legals shipshape for the new year. So let's get right into it. At point number one, we have employees and contractors. This is an area that can often create issues for a business throughout the year if they don't have the right foundation set up. So as part of your new year legal review, one of the things that you should be thinking about is whether or not all of your employees and contractors are signed up to proper and current agreements. When was the last time that you had your agreements updated? Are they current with all of the current legislation? Are they current with the way that you are working in your business at the moment? For example, sometimes we talk to business owners who have employees engaged in a regular way that they have classified as casual workers who in fact should be classified more appropriately as part-time workers or as full-time workers. We also have seen businesses that have engaged people as contractors when in fact really they should be properly engaged or classified as employees in the business. So now's the right time for you to go back, have a look at your employees, have a look at your contractors and consider whether or not they have been classified correctly and whether or not you have the most relevant and up-to-date agreements that you are using with them. Recheck those agreements. Ensure that they include protection against employees taking confidential information of the business or taking away your clients. Ensure you have strong non-solicitation clauses in order to protect your staff walking off with your client base. And of course, the advent of social media now means that there's many other ways that ex-employees can create issues for the business or can create connections with clients of your business after, well after the time that they've left the business. So one of the things that you should be thinking about is whether or not you have a social media policy as part of your policies within your organization and whether or not you should have clauses within your employment and contracting agreements that relate to the activities that they should or shouldn't be involved in, in social media for example, in connecting with or staying connected to clients of the business, suppliers, partners of the business and referrers to the business after their termination has ended. Also, make sure you have a solid process for documenting employee issues such as warning. Termination of staff can be a really tricky area. So having a process in place to ensure that you're capturing a thorough paper trail is really important. So that's a quick overview of the areas to think about in terms of employees and contractors. Next, we move on to intellectual property. So intellectual property can mean different things for different businesses, depending on what you do and what 
types of intellectual property your business is coming up with. But one of the things that's universal across businesses when you're doing this beginning of the year check is checking on things like brand protection. So checking whether you've protected any brands that you're using regularly. So this might mean for some businesses, smaller businesses, that might be limited just to the business name or the business logo and or the business logo or both of them together. As your business grows and grows in particular market segments, it might be appropriate to have a number of protections for any product names that you are spending money on marketing or any service names that you have come up with for the types of ways you package your services or goods into the future. So these are the sorts of things that you might want to consider protecting. Google can search your name. So Google can work in a way that people can search your name. So make sure you check whether any of your competitors might be using your name or your product names or brand names as sponsored Google AdWords and stealing traffic that should be coming to your website. We've written a number of articles about this in the past. And if you'd be interested in seeing those, just pop along to our website or pop along to talkinglaw.com.au. Click on this episode, which is tying up legal loose ends for a fresh start. And there you'll see links through to other articles that we've written on this subject about protecting your business against other organizations, sponsoring Google AdWords or other paid traffic forms that might be in breach of your intellectual property rights. So that's another good thing for you to do at the beginning of the year. Get someone within your organization to go and do a bit of a search using your brand names, your product names, your company names, and see what you come up with. Are any of your competitors trying to fly on your coattails? If so, come to us for a bit of advice in relation to how we can stop that from happening. And now is also a good time from an intellectual property perspective for you to recheck your agreements with employees, with contractors and with suppliers to ensure that you are the owner of any intellectual property rights for work that is created for you. Also make sure you take into account the moral rights components. So ensuring you have the right moral rights waivers to deal with information that is being produced for your organisation, whether that's, you know, through your own employees or contractors or through third party suppliers. Um, and then the third area we're talking about today is clients. So now's a good time to go and check your client agreements to ensure that they're reflective of your current business practices and that they're up to date with current legislation. For example, we still see some terms and condition documents or terms of sale or terms of trade or whatever you call your own client agreements that haven't been updated since the changes to the Competition and Consumer Act, which happened the latest round of changes commenced at the end of last year, which is 2016. And we also are still seeing some terms and conditions that haven't updated to take into account the new Personal Property Securities Act legislation. So the Personal Property Securities Act legislation came into place a couple of years ago. Businesses should be all on top of this, but from what we have seen, quite often businesses still aren't. So if you're not sure what that even means, contact us via the links on our talkinglaw.com.au website. We're happy to have a free discussion with you in relation to making you aware of what the Personal Property Securities Act is and how it relates to your business and what you should be having in the client agreements for your business. 
And as I said, the new unfair contracts legislation came into effect in November 2016. So that was fairly recent legislation. Some businesses were right on top of it when the new legislation came out. Some businesses weren't. But your client agreements really should be checked at this point in the new year to ensure that they are enforceable under the new regime. And on the flip side, if you're a small business, you should also be checking whether your obligations under agreements with your suppliers would now be considered unfair and unenforceable. If you're interested in more information on any of this, we have a few podcasts on both of these areas and we can also help you personally. So pop over to our website for a bit more information on previous podcasts in that area or if you want tailored advice in this area. The other things you should be looking at is checking how your client terms and conditions document ties in with any proposals or quotes that you provide. We often see cases where businesses have forgotten to link these documents together, thereby losing a lot of the protection that their terms and conditions documents would otherwise provide. So it's really important if you're providing estimates or quotes or proposals that you are following a um, defined method and that that defined method includes some linking back to your general client terms and conditions. So you're getting the full protection. Also check whether or not your client agreements clearly provide you with rights to charge interest on late payment and require that your clients pay for any enforcement costs you might be suffering in chasing up their late payments. It's much easier to levy these charges if it's clear in your client terms that you have the right to do this rather than if you don't have this clearly specified. Also check your processes for ensuring that your clients are well-trained in the payment of their accounts with you. So review the process that you're following, the timing between follow-up calls and letters, and the content of these letters. Now's the time to get tough if you have some problem payers so that you can start the new year afresh. And this ties in well to our point number four for the areas that you should be reviewing in the new year, which is funding. Review your balance sheet, check if there's any shareholder or director loans in place. If the business owes money to others, say, for example, for directors or beneficial owners of the business, they should be secured creditors of the business and have all of the right agreements and PPSR registrations in place so that they rank higher in priority to other creditors of the business. Once again, see our show notes if you'd like other articles we have written through Aspect Legal, our legal practice, on this issue. And I guess, once again, also, if you owe the business money or if directors or beneficial owners in the business owe it money, once again, you need to have relevant agreements in place so that things are shipshape if the business is ever subjected to an audit. The fifth area we're looking at today is privacy laws. So new privacy laws came into place a couple of years ago, but in legal, the legal world, we still call this new. <laughs> We're still seeing organisations that aren't on top of their privacy obligations and who don't have the right privacy collection statements and privacy policies in place and on file. So now is the time of year to check A, whether or not you are caught by the privacy legislation and B, If you are or if you might be, have you complied with all of the relevant components of that legislation? The second last area we're going to talk about today is business structure. This doesn't always apply, but for some of the smaller organisations or organisations that are looking to build for some sort of succession or sale or exit in the next five to 10 years, now is a good time to think about business structure about whether or not the business structure is appropriate for where the business is at the moment and whether or not it should be something that is reviewed again in the near future. 
So for smaller organisations, this might mean making sure you you actually have the right structure in place, whether or not that's looking at uh, whether you're correct to be in a proprietary limited company entity or whether or not you should be operating through some sort of trust structure. For larger organisations, it's about considering whether or not you have the right layers in place. So where you have multiple entities, are you dealing with the multiple entities in the right way? Do you have the right agreements in place between each of your multiple entities? And should some of your business exercises now moving into the new year be launched into their new entity, which is sometimes a good approach if you're dealing with a new project, for example, that's gaining pace that has a lot of potential liability connected to it. And then the last area we're looking about at today is agreements with partners in the business. So that might mean for smaller organisations, agreements with shareholders in the organisation. And for larger organisations, this might mean agreements with anyone who is a partner of your business, for example, who assists your business in a distribution capacity, who is a reseller or who is otherwise a business partner in a way in your business. So make sure in each of these areas or relationships, you have clear guidelines on how the relationship will work, how each party can exit or terminate the relationship and how how you'll deal with any issues along the way and how you'll deal with performance along the way, how performance will be measured and ensuring that you understand what a successful outcome looks like um, just as much as spending time on um, what an unsuccessful outcome and exit outcome might look like. So I know this seems like a long list and if you want some assistance in the review, our lawyers at Aspect Legal will be only too happy to help. And if you'd like more information in relation to any of the areas that we've talked about, we have created podcasts and articles on our blog page about lots of these areas. So just pop over to our show notes at talkinglaw.com.au. So just as a quick recap, in this episode, we talked about all of the ways that you can look to get your business with a a fresh start and a clean slate for the new years. So we talked about employees and contractors and getting that reviewed and all in place. We talked about intellectual property. We talked about clients and client agreements. We talked about funding and funding agreements. We talked about privacy laws. We talked about business structure and we talked about agreements with business partners. There's, of course, lots of other areas that might be particularly applicable to your organization. So that might be relationships that you have with suppliers, specific elements of relationships that you have with partners of your business or with clients or other specific intellectual property or copyright related issues. So this isn't a full list. This is just a bit of a generic list that generally applies to most businesses. If you'd like a list that applies specifically to your business, just get in touch and we can help provide you with a review that is specific to your position and in your organization. So thanks again for tuning in. We're always really interested in your experiences in relation to the sorts of things you like to hear from this Talking Law podcast. So please feel free to send us any questions that you have or that you'd like us to cover on our podcast into the future. Or please also send us a review in iTunes if you enjoyed listening in today. So thanks again for listening in and we'll see you next time. 
Thanks for listening to Talking Law. Tune in next time for more smart legal tips and tricks to keep you clear of those legal landmines. If you want to get a download of today's show notes, head over to talkinglaw.com.au. Information in this podcast is general in nature, not legal advice. If you want advice for your business, visit talkinglaw.com.au.